0: You are now entering the Transit
1: Zone. Welcome back to the Transit Zone. I'm Peter Clark in Melbourne, Australia.
0: Margo Kingston in Conboy, in New South Wales.
1: We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and produce these podcasts, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the beer pie people of the Port Macquarie region of New South Wales. We pay respect to their elders. Margot and I are recording this edition of The Transit Zone as the weekend federal parliament wraps up after the delivery of the 2021-22 budget by the Treasurer Josh Frydenberg. Now, many political commentators have described this budget as a cash splash with a likely dash to a federal election by Prime Minister Scott Morrison in the second half of this year. With that in mind... This Transit Zone is the first of several podcasts we'll produce where we explore the more grassroots aspects of Australian electoral politics and our struggling democracy, especially the emergence, as we mentioned before, on the Transit Zone, the emergence of independence in the style of, for example, former MP Cathy McGowan, who represented Indi in Northern Victoria, Or Zali Stegall, who snatched the New South Wales electorate of Warringah from former Prime Minister and long-time member of that electorate, Tony Abbott, at the 2019 federal election. And we're starting in the federal New South Wales electorate of Hughes, named for party-hopping former PM Billy Hughes. Its current member is Craig Kelly, himself now an independent, in self-chosen exile from the Liberal Party in the Parliament. Kelly now sits as a crossbencher, Margot.
0: I met Linda Seymour, who's a co-founder of We Are Hughes at the March for Justice rally. And I'd met her virtually at Cathy McGowan's gathering of independence in, in late February to see whether this movement had legs. And I spoke to her yesterday and I talked her into coming on the show.
1: Welcome to the transit zone, Linda.
0: Hello, Peter. Hello, Margot.
2: Thank you for having
0: me thing that stuck out for me most linda was your turning point tell me when you decided to stop raising your fist in anger and to actually see what you could do on the ground to avoid a Craig Kelly type in your seat?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I think we can confidently say that uh, Craig Kelly won't be re-elected now. So I'm not raising my fist at that anymore. My key moment, I mean, I've always been quite disturbed at what is seen as representation in Hughes. That anyone that followed Craig Kelly would would know that he's quite an outlier. He basically uses his seat almost in a form of mockery. But my turning point came, He's he has always been a climate change denier in the bushfires. You know, he sticks his finger out and feels the weather and says, oh, it's cold outside. You know, there's no global warming. That was the extent of the the commentary. But during the bushfires, when those two young men died with 19-month-old children, on that day when we found out their names, we knew they died in the evening. The following day, their photos were on the front cover of news everywhere. And I think there was a real collective mourning for these young men. And On Craig Kelly's Facebook page, his post was, well, you know, while it's 40 degrees here in Australia, think of the poor sods in Eastern Europe where it's minus 40 degrees. I just thought, that's it. I'm done. It may be too big for him to understand a climate crisis and it's easy for him to reduce it down to the weather outside his window, but for you to not understand that two people just lost their lives in these unprecedented bushfires and you still can't connect to the humanity of that, whether or not you think that this is climate change, you have dismissed these two young men that have lost their lives in this form of climate denial mockery. I looked, Later on the day he said something, but, but he wasn't aware of what was going on around him. His awareness was about bringing down a narrative of climate change. So that was my tipping point. Quite physically upset by that.
0: You're an architectural communication specialist. You've worked all over all over the world on international convention centres and Olympics and so on. After the bushfires, you really started getting into it when all work was lost and you were stuck at at home in Hughes. What did you do in COVID land? to keep yourself sane and do something about your
2: anger. So come the bushfires, come COVID, no one was going to build new international convention centres. So we continued talking with the people online and started holding online forums. And I guess they were sort of therapeutic in a way. And, of course, Craig Kelly continued. He had a new pet subject. He'd gone from climatologist to epidemiologist. It was just completely ridiculous. So we held online some online forums. One very successful one was where it brought science practic- practitioner and community together. So we had a professor of bushfire dynamics and a professor. She spoke to us about the value in clinical trials, because at that stage, people were very nervous about how quick this could be rushed. We then had an emergency doctor. And we also had somebody who was in the RFS who nearly lost his home up in the Mount Wilson fires. And then, of course, we had asked the audience of recipients of all this great work that people do. We felt like a little microcosm of of, of how society works. And it was very appreciative of the, of the science and those people who rolled out the science. So I guess we were building our own momentum through this internally, finding out how, just how good we are. And then
0: you decided that you wanted to start We Are Hughes. So you wanted to get away from the anti-Craig Kelly. Yeah,
2: the chat group, Craig Kelly must go, I've got to say, really cathartic. <laughs> there comes a point where, you know, you're raising your fist and I thought, well, I'm going to do something different. And I think COVID provided a different way of looking at community as well. We're communicating via our computers by and large. There was another sort of sense of community that was that was unravelling through COVID in the very minute very small things irrespective of what Craig Kelly was doing there was this moment where people felt that governments were working together there was a moment where you could speak to anybody about politics and you would say oh you know they're coming together and it was like this just it's a, it was very short lived unfortunately where politics felt constructive and everybody was happy to talk about the positive aspects of politics because there was this sense that we were doing something together and it was constructive that that sting had been taken out of it. So somebody said something to me, said, oh, I wish there was somewhere we could talk without being sort of angry. And I thought, you know, you're right. So I thought, well, I've got the skills, I've got the time, i am going to set up a website. And it was very human-focused, very Hughes-focused. And so I put it out there. I said, look, I'm, I'm going to do this thing, this and the Craig Kelly group. I said, I'm going to set up this website. You know, the idea is I want, it's not going to be so polarising that we need to be able to talk about things without, being angry, that people could feel included in a discussion without being divided because this is the problem. This is the big problem. Politics is so polarizing. So we had to do something different. And it wasn't contrived, it was genuine. I wanted that as well. I was actually tired of being angry. And I needed somewhere else to place myself. So it was kind of my own therapy, if you like. So I said, I'm going to do this. And, uh, you know, people say, oh, people won't go on a blog and people won't do this and people won't do that. And I thought, well, you know, there's so many problems for solutions. I'm going to have a crack at it. What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, my family love me. My friends, likely, might be a bit embarrassed publicly. I'm going to do it. So I launched a website and a Facebook page and a Twitter account and said, let's get together. And... (laughs) And had lots of conversations and went out for, I didn't know what I was doing was called community building. I didn't know that was a thing with a job description. I was just a person, still am, really frustrated and sad about our political landscape. And what an education this this world has been that I find myself in now.
1: Linda, introduce us to Hughes, the electorate. I know that it's been in that form with those boundaries since 2016, I think. It's a reasonably sizable electorate and it's got a lot of bush on it.
2: Yes, it's beautiful. We are a beautiful electorate. 375 square kilometres. We're the largest electorate in Greater Sydney. We are certainly the greenest electorate. We have the Royal National Park and Heathcote National Park within our boundaries. Uh, by and large, when we speak to people about what they like about living here, it's the natural environment. You can put climate and environment together. Our average age is 38. We're gloriously ordinary according to the Bureau of statistics. We seem to have quite a relatively high um, income rate you know, we are comfortable, which, of course, can lead to sometimes being comfortably numb in a way, particularly when it comes to politics. As you know, Scott Morrison intervened
0: before the last election to stop Craig Kelly being deselected by his local branch. So to me, anyway, clearly that indicates he doesn't give a shit about, you know, representing Hughes. He just gave a shit about Craig Kelly threatening to cross the floor or whatever, in that context, he got eight swing towards him. He won on first preferences, 53%, and 2PP, 60%. So I'm assuming that, that Labor ran dead. Obviously, an enormous challenge. The huge task, particularly now that Craig Kelly has gone to the crossbench. Yeah, see, I don't see it that way. <laughs> Tell me how you see
2: it. If this was a marginal seat, and these two were vying for the seat, Labor and Liberal were vying for the seat we would be squeezed out completely. But we are offering something different to our electorate, that it is considered to be a safe seat. It just simply means that people have gone to, you know, they're doing what they always do. We're we're saying we're coming along with something different that is community-focused. If you don't want this party to represent you in the way that we have been so-called represented for the last 10 years, here's something different. Here is us talking. Here is our real voice. We haven't had a voice at all for over 10 years. And it's not just the last election where he was possibly deselected. It was the two prior to that as well. Those people that have put their time and effort into a party that they, you know, for whatever Mm. reason align with, to be told time and time again that their local voice has never mattered. And they're, they're going to be continue to be overridden and have, have this other person, you know, who's Craig Kelly, uh, endorsed irrespective of local wishes. So I think we come along and we offer something different. People don't seem to think they've had an alternative. I think we have a, a very strong chance. And the sentiment is when we speak with people, you know, the, you know, the classic can't stand any of them. Yep, sounds good to me, love. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. I and many others are putting a lot of time into this because the sentiment that we pick up on is is not ours alone and it is is shared and it's not and it's not green labour it's also liberal voters as well.
1: Linda you're at the community building stage from your description so far though an election may be coming at as faster than we think so you'll be on to selecting candidates fairly soon. How inspirational and what did you learn from the Indi example and I guess the Zali Stegel example in Warringah.
2: Do you know what they do mostly? Mostly is they show it can be done. This is not pie in the sky stuff. this is this is real. This is politics in Australia now. You can elect an independent, you can have genuine representation. So that's what they do mostly is show that it that this is not only possible, it's doable. But, of course, the way their campaigns run, we've borrowed from them. We don't need to reinvent.
1: Give us some examples. What sort of things in practical terms, just the way they communicated? Is it about the way they projected themselves? What politically and electorally have you learned from, say, those two electorates, Indi and Warringah, that you can now apply? Do you,
2: do you know what we've learned? Is that it's not textbook. A lot of it is also instinctive. You know, Warringah sort of came together from all over the place and they just went for it and they did it take a lot from Indi in that it was very community-based. They went out and they had their, you know, their kitchen table conversations, which we are doing as well, and we are doing other things to, to reach community. It was all grassroots. It came from the people first, and that's what we are. It's not prescribed. It is people collectively saying, enough. That groundswell is real and tangible. So they did it, and now we do it. I would say if people vote through fear, which they did at, you know, you could say that a lot of people voted through a very negative campaign, voted through fear. A much better way is to vote through hope and aspiration, which is what I take heavily from Indi and, and Zali Stegel as well in Warringah. They are aspirational and they are, they are good members. I follow them and that's where I get my information from now. I don't agree with everything they do and say because we're adult enough and we don't have to agree with everything our federal member says they, had, they are really constructive and very respectful of their electorates.
1: And in that process, as you come to choosing candidates, auditioning and actually selecting a candidate, how important are those issues like Zali Stegel, for example? Climate change was pivotal, wasn't it? Is there going to be an issue, a pivotal issue, maybe climate change, maybe COVID itself? And Craig Kelly, who's obviously now an independent and a crossbencher, are there going to be these pivotal issues which you also leverage off?
2: Well, you know, integrity is coming up time and again, and actual representation and democracy itself. And I know that sounds very big and very heady. My personal motivation is democracy, and and, and that's, that's a rather large thing to say is an issue. But climate change, I'm no expert. Health, I'm no expert. But gee, there's some great people that are and i expect and we expect collectively federal representatives to listen to them so this idea that our members are informed as a single issue we, at the moment we are we are speaking with our electorate and we are finding what our electorate wants and like i say so integrity is huge aged care so there's a whole gamut so what we're wanting is a federal member to listen. And certainly climate change is up there. I mean, to think that it's not there is just absurd and that we can brush it, or brush it away and, you know, a gas-led recovery is going to fix everyone, everyone's all fine now. That's not so. People are still very concerned. I mean, people people are not stupid, you <laughs> know. So, yeah, so climate will focus. Will it be a single issue in the way that uh, Zali was very focused on climate? I wouldn't expect so because integrity itself is on the line and the idea, that very idea that every bill, every legislation on merit. But, yes, so there's not a Zali Stegall climate gem out there, but there is certainly for some people. But we will wait and see. We're very much in this building and listening phase, the very, very important listening phase.
1: You're listening to The Transit Zone. I'm Peter Clarke with Margot Kingston in regional New South Wales near Port Macquarie. And our guest is Linda Seymour, a founder of the We Are Hughes movement in the Hughes electorate in New South Wales. So Federal ICAC obviously on the agenda, perhaps the Helen Haynes version versus the christian porter version which we've discussed here on the transit zone
2: yes very much so you know one with teeth would be very nice thank you very much yes a genuine icac i mean there's no money for the icac in the in the budget it's not a real thing
0: well it's nothing on climate change nothing on nothing on a federal icac so i was interested that you're running around as a community organizer and then someone for rohingya says well hey Voices for Indi has got a lot to tell you and and Dennis Ginnivan, who's a co-founder of Voices for Indi, has become a a bit of a mentor and advisor and you formally adopted their kitchen table conversations. Now, what you do is you get people around a table and you ask them three questions. What do you like about being in Hughes? What's your top concern and what do you think good representation looks like? And what has been the reaction to that sort of conversation, which is just like it feels like from another planet in a way, (laughs) actual listening and and trying to find common
2: ground. It's like a floodgate. They're they're very good. So we went to um, Ingedy Markets a couple of weeks ago and we asked those questions. The way we ask those questions when we ask about community and we ask about what you like living here, it immediately connects us the person asking the question and the person answering. We have a commonality in that we've all chosen to live in this area for one reason or another. And you talk about what you like about living here. You know, you start in a very upbeat way. Then you move on to what are your concerns? And they they start education environment, you know, the usual suspects and integrity. And people will be passionate about one thing more than another. You give people time to talk and they'll talk a lot and they enjoy being listened to. And we really enjoy hearing what people are saying. You don't ask people how they voted. You don't ask people whether they're progressive or conservative or liberal or labor or left or right. You just talk and you just listen. And you build that build that rapport. And then when it comes to representation, I mean we're out there being the change we want to see, you know. We're saying we want to be listened to. And then and we by and large have a mature conversation about saying none of us expect that we're going to agree with everything a member votes on, but we do want the respect of our federal member to inform us on the way they've voted and give us the reasons why. So we have sort of three basic tenets. So you talk about integrity, informed and inclusion, and those three things by and large wrap up together. But the informed one's very important. Not only do we want our federal member to be informed, I mean, they have access to great knowledge and great people and great expertise that they can inform us about on bills, we also would like them to be informed by the needs of the community so it's that it's that sort of feedback and that trust cycle between a member and their community representation people basically want to be listened to not all the time they'd like to go about their lives as well and not necessarily have you know politicians poking around but if they need if they need to access information we should have a a great member who can share information with us with us at the heart of their representation
1: Linda, are you daunted at all by the prospect of selecting a candidate? No. And how will you go about that?
2: We already have several great potentials. The good thing about the people that we are talking to, they also respect the process. One of the key things is that we are talking about participatory democracy. If we had to go to an election tomorrow, we could. And we'd be proud of any of the people that we we're speaking with to say this person can represent us. So no, I'm not daunted because I know we have some really fabulous people that we could back very quickly. So here you are with your,
0: um, what would you call it, your your grand strategy. You've decided to launch next Sunday, May 23, in a community hall next to a busy shopping centre in the Western Sydney part of your electorate, Liverpool. Basically, you've, you've called for volunteers to gather, to go through the shopping centre, passing out flyers, and for people to attend for the presentation at midday, which is keynote speaker Karen Phelps and Kathy McGowan on Zoom. So I just would have thought that you've got a lot of newbie political activists around and it'd be a little bit confrontation for a lot of people. So how have you gone with your your volunteer call out
2: well it's funny is it You're calling it a lodge and it, in fact what it was 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 originally a bit of a sausage sizzle and uh, have a few community conversations get people to wear some t-shirts and us all get to know each other and, and do more things and, like and get out onto the the western side of our electorate as well because up to now we've all we've had our sort of get-togethers on the eastern side so this was getting over there and you know come and have a conversation with us so we can find out what it's being authentic it's being genuine about listening with people. As it turns out, I had been communicating with Karen and and I put it by her, would she like to and would Kathy like to? And they both said yes, <laughs> much to my joy. So it sort of changed it somewhat. The day now has this sort of, you know, more gravitas by these two brilliant women coming along. <laughs> and you'll be joining us too, Margot, which is fantastic. I can't resist, but tell me who's volunteered and have you been squashed in the rush? Oh, technology is wonderful, isn't it? Uh, using this terrific tool called SignUp, which is what they used in the Warringah campaign. And you just basically lay out and you say, look, we need people here from XYZ to do ABC. And they say, yep, I can do that. And what's good about this this event that we're having, is its almost like a trial. We say, when we get to a campaign, we're going to be using this tool. We're going to say, I need you at Ginelli train station. Who wants to be there? Tick, 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 three people go. So we're building, we what we want to speak about at the event as well, really importantly for the people that are part of our community, is to give people some sort of autonomy. And we talk about that, you know, that sort of radical trust that you give people to, to go and take some ownership of this, so we're going to ask people to start forming conversations with other people, sort of sort of hyperlocal groups, if you like, uh, get together and you start talking with people and feed in feed all that information back. And we want people to start forming geographic groups, and we'll be talking about that on the day. We are an idea, we are a concept of better politics, and people are on board. And we, we're not we're not following the leader; we're sort of going together, if you like. We're walking together to say we want something better. It is so uplifting. You know, when we could be so sad, this is a very uplifting space to be in because it's hard to argue with good representation and, and people listening to you. It's really difficult to argue with. People are very on board. I just want to finish off with this
0: concept of, of radical trust, which is a, an Indi concept, which is that all the volunteers and all the people in the group sign up to a value system of how they will behave in the group and how they will behave to outsiders. And it's, it's summed up by Kathy's motto, be your best self. So basically, once people sign up, then you want to give them the power to go to their various bits of the community, their hubs, and do their own thing, which is such high risk, <laughs> to say the least. However, by the sign up to the values be positive, be inclusive, all that sort of stuff. You're actually modelling what you want your local member to be. The potential upside, as we saw in Indi and Warringah, is enormous. So my last question is, the trick in getting an independent up in a safe Liberal seat is to get a coalition of Green, Labor and Liberal, and Liberal is, of course, the absolutely crucial bit because you bring those first prefs across and you can talk Labor and Green voters into going one for the Indy, and then they're in the game. Then you get him 42, 43, and you hope to harvest preferences. This is a, a, a huge ask in these polarised times to get a coalition of red, blue, and green to say, we don't agree on, on a lot of things, we've got some common ground, this is, is what we want. Do you think that the makeup of Hughes is such that that is possible? In 2021,
2: no matter what side of politics you're on, no one likes being taken for granted, and no one likes being embarrassed. Quite frankly, it's embarrassing having this member having been sat here for 10 years. Now, people may have voted for the Liberal Party for whatever reason, but they didn't vote for buffoonery, and they didn't vote for somebody who is now ridiculing our electorate. I hope that people resoundly reject that because. Just on that point alone, that we have been taken for granted in such a way with somebody who has never had concern for our electorate ever. It's been 10 years of mockery from our local member. So that alone, I think people should be able to say, well, he's not the elected Liberal member. That's enough. That's quite personal, actually. How embarrassing and how ridiculous to take us for granted. They will put up whoever they put up. That actually doesn't matter to us because whoever they put up is going to vote along party lines. Craig Kelly and Dave Sharma, for all their talk, vote the same. They vote the same on bills. So whoever they put in, we're going to say, it doesn't matter who they put in. They're not representing you. They are representing party first. And we are a long way down the list in practicing democracy. This website and just saying that people are better, its it's true we are better. And this website, this little dream of of talking to people, it's people are good. People are good. So I could be angry or I can believe in people. And I do genuinely believe that people are a whole lot better than the way we've been represented. And certainly in Hughes, we are better than the way we've been represented. That's beyond a doubt.
1: Linda, you know, as well as Margot and I know that woven into our political culture in Australia is a preference on most electors to have a member of the government, either Labor or a member of the coalition. Is that something you wrestle with in terms of your community building? Is that something that people put to you? What's the use of an independent?
2: We're talking about representation. That's what the conversation is about, representation. And and we're talking about community. And that's not reflected in the two-party system. Margot mentioned something before and of course, I went and refreshed my my own stats as well on on how we did in the 2019. We still talk about two-party preferred when we look at how candidates fall. Of course, I'm pleased to see that the Electoral Commission calls it two-candidate preferred now. In theory, we're voting for a candidate, but people still think, you know, are you voting for a party or a candidate? The AEC says you're voting for a candidate, but by and large, people are voting for a party. If you don't get your choice, if you're the one that you put a one next to doesn't win, well, they're not doing anything anyway. They're in opposition. You get an independent, they vote on merit on every bill. They have extraordinary sway. And, you know, I can't tell you who the MP is in Cunningham, but I can tell you about Helen Haynes and Sally Stegel. They get a lot of time on the floor to talk. People are open, very open to it. That's the That's the sense that we are getting.
1: Linda, really beautiful to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us in the Transit Zone today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Our guest today in the Transit Zone, Linda Seymour, an architectural consultant, as we heard, and also a co-founder of the We Are Hughes movement in the electorate of Hughes in New South Wales. If you'd like to peruse their website, you can find the link in the text with this podcast, and it is worth checking out if you'd like to find out much more beyond what you've heard today in The Transit Zone. And if you'd like to email us at The Transit Zone, here is our email address, transitzonepod at gmail.com. Your comments, your questions, ideas for podcast episodes are always welcome here in The Transit Zone. I'm Peter Clark. Thanks for listening. And please join us again soon right here in The Transit Zone.
2: You are now leaving the transit zone.